that that was the point oh. and we are going live there you go you said it's going to take another 30 seconds or are we good to go we are almost there and let's start by welcoming our community to the scale up valley podcast good evening if you are joining from asia uh, and i would say very good morning if you are joining from the us or latin america and good morning if you are joining uh, from Europe or the UK, Europe and UK. Let, let's not go into, into that. Into please, that please don't. I'm from, the, I'm from the UK. I don't want to go. We're going to start off on that foot already. <laughs> Terrible. So Skill of Power podcast is, as you know, is the space where we are obsessed about uh, compressing all the key lessons scaling a company from 1 million to 100 million. And we bring some of the best tech leaders in the world from, from the US to Europe to, to Asia to share their scaling up journeys with, with us. So we interview CEOs and also product sales, marketing, engineering, um, uh, and and another I'm, I'm forgetting another roles that we have on on the show uh, today I have the pleasure of having a very special uh, guest with me uh, which is Greg uh, Mihan uh, the head of sales at Sofahands we have been training this a lot the, the surname and I think that I was successful uh, nailed Greg, it thank you much for joining us thanks so much family Mike it's good <laughs> to see you again it's been a, about over a year now right almost exactly uh one year absolutely so uh i think it was yesterday or the day after so it's it's a very good timing to to, to do this podcast <laughs> no, it's, it's it's our anniversary technically is that is that what it is that but we'll have cake at the end of, of the show <laughs> <laughs> and i will surprise you coming into the office in, in Greg is based in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, it's one of the most exciting companies uh, in Malaysia, uh, Sopahans. Uh, I have the pleasure of also leading a workshop with, with all the team, uh, namely the CEO, uh, Mark. And um, Greg, so let, let us know a little bit more about you. By the way, how did you end uh, working in, in KL in Malaysia and why Sopahans? Um. Cheers, Mike. So as, as Mike mentioned, um, my name is Greg. I'm actually the head of sales over at Superhands. Um, I've actually been with Superhands for about, it's coming up to four years, four years now. Um, but I ended up in Malaysia working in financial services. Um, it'd be 10 years ago in January, I actually came over. Um, that came about, it's very strange actually. I was over here on a holiday um, just for a week and I met the CEO of this financial services company um, when I was randomly in, in the Hilton. And um, he introduced himself and said hello. Um, typical kind of expat guy, just a really big dude, big personality, um, shook my hand, gave me the once over and just said, uh, do you want a job? And I was like, sure, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so that was sort of September 2009. And he said, oh, um, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, well, not, not really. I've got to go back to the UK and pack up my entire life and then, uh, and then sort of move over to Asia. And he's like, okay, we'll start in January. So in January 2010, I uh, packed a bag and, and moved over. I landed, landed here in January, January 2nd, and my first day in the office was January 4th. And then well about, it was probably about six months later, I ended up playing, um, playing football, um, just out in a sort of 35-degree heat. And I met a guy called Mark. And um, he, he gave me, runs a, runs a kind of fashion store as well. And he, he gave me a free t-shirt and we kind of hit it off and we sort of went back and forth for, for quite, a, quite a while. 
And it turns out Mark was, um, well, he's a co-founder of, of Superhand. So um, I sort of uh, kind of had a pre-midlife sort of crisis at, at, at 30 years old. And um, it was sort of serendipity that the stars aligned and Mark caught up with me in a bar and was like, dude, I've got an idea. And I was like, all right, um, can we meet tomorrow for coffee? And then he was, um, he sort of sat down and ran me through the idea of, of super hands and he ran me through a spreadsheet, which did, really didn't make sense. But <laughs> the, the, the kind of passion he had about, um, about the business and what he wanted to do is just, it was infectious. I mean, you, you've met the team, right, Mike? So you kind of understand the, the kind of company we've got over here and, yeah, I, I signed up there and then. I, I can confirm. Yeah, so just just the kind of guys we've got working over here. Um, and then, yeah, I signed up pretty much straight away. I left my job in financial services and came to work for a tech startup with zero zero knowledge about the industry or, or anything. So it was, um, it was a big change. It was a really big change. Congrats for, for the courage. So and actually, what does... Superhands, what, uh, what is the mission and um, a little bit the stage of the company and in where you are in the scaling up journey? Um, well, in terms of the, the entire journey, very, I'd say we're early stage. We're not so much a, a startup right now, more of a scale up. We kind of, kind of found our, our, um, our market fit, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think from, from, from where we are right now compared to where we were even 12 months ago when, when you were over here, it's, um, there's been a lot of change for, for the better. It's been, um, it's been a super interesting journey so far. So we, we do data labeling for machine learning. So that's providing context to a, a lot of data for machine learning engineers. So we take huge volumes of data and we add different labels to it. So we help cars drive themselves. We make a, a better user experience for people searching for things online through e-commerce sites. Um, we work with drone technology companies, robotics, everything like that. Um, the way we do it is quite unique. We run a bit of a hybrid model. Um, so we've sort of linked together um, technology platform that we've built, so it's proprietary. And then we've got about 4,000 people at last count that work for us across Southeast Asia. So we take all these huge volumes of data from, from our clients. And we distribute it securely to a network of people. We provide guidelines and video tutorials and we take all this data, label it, and then pass it back to the client to help them build their machine learning models. Got it. And, um, and in terms of ad counts, so how big is the team at, at this stage? Uh, I, I know that you just raised a new funding round. Congratulations for another uh, milestone. So can you. you get us up to speed on what is the size uh, and of the, of the company and in terms of the raise that amount if it is if it is disclosed of course um i have to double check in terms of whether or not we <laughs> no I, I don't want to get in trouble and to be honest my, my pr lady has gone now so i can't i can't see what's <laughs> um Got so it. yeah series uh series a were headcounts probably uh, last count i think about 45 50 double check um so one of, one of our key hires for the beginning of the year was uh, somebody in charge of talent acquisition because we knew that the funding was coming in. So we wanted to accelerate growth and have somebody specific for, for that role. Um, so really training that person up on the culture and what we're trying to build over here so they can go out and find us some really good people to bring on board. Um, it, was, it was an interesting story about how we found that guy who's in charge of talent acquisition. Um, I don't know, depending on the watershed and the time of the day where you are, maybe you can share that a bit later. Um, but I think we're, we're really looking to accelerate growth. We've got a product marketing, performance marketing, accelerating the, um, the growth of the tech team. So one of our big hires more recently was a, a new CTO um, called TC. He's really, I'll be honest, he's a really good dude. He can, 
he can take very complex information and break it down and make it easy for even me to understand. Um, so yeah. he's so he's come on board. Interesting fact about TC, he actually worked on the original Superhands 0.1 platform back in the day when we were a virtual assistant company. Um, and he was super excited about where we are right now and where the company's going to go. And he's like, I want in. I want to I want to come and join you guys again. So, yeah, he's uh, he's come on board. And well, it's been a, been a dramatic change over there as well, even in just the, the last few weeks that he's been here. Got it. As our listeners uh, already know, we usually use the Rockefeller habits to guide our conversation and also to help us to go for our journeys from one to 100 million after a product market fit. And the Rockefeller habit number one is the executive team is healthy and the one. So uh, as we discuss it kind of indirectly, uh, one of the secrets of Superhands is really the culture uh, and yeah. the way they keep taking care of the team and preparing the team for uh, each stage uh, of growth. And yeah. Greg was just mentioning the, the new CTO coming in, the talent acquisition part, etc. So the way we structure teams is really critical in order to assure execution and to mm. go closer to the big area um, audacious goal. Uh, yeah. So, and, and maybe on this point, I will go uh, into something more personal, so leveraging your time and leveraging your experience here, which is, yeah. I, I think it's very different coming four years ago to Superhands as head of sales, when you need almost to kind of reinvent all the process, figure out all the sales process to the stage where you are now that maybe you start having more specialized people on your team and mm. then the sales process is much more, the target market is much clearer and the sales process is much more uh, organized uh, and structured. So yeah. and I believe that one of the things that is very difficult also for a CEO to find out the head of sales at that stage is because even the CEO uh, has some challenges to sell uh, himself with all the passion and all the flexibility and the power to take decisions in front yep. of clients and so for head of sales it you need really to have an amazing relationship with with the ceo and to really have a strong drive because at the end of the day you also want your reward and remuneration usually salespeople uh like to be well paid uh, as well and <laughs> so so tell us a little bit the roller coaster of uh, coming from a startup to a scale up and how much your role has changed uh, in terms of rockefeller habit number one <laughs> um Okay. You were not expecting this. <laughs> uh, well, I, I kind of was. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big question to, to ask because of, like you said, the, the roller coaster journey. I think one of the things that we've got over here is the, the area of transparency. Um, one thing that you find when, you, when you're scaling up a business is um, there are knowledge gaps and communication gaps, um, which can damage um, relationships internally if you don't have the, the transparency in the, in the business. So I think that's really, really crucial. Um, so I think one of the things we drive as the, say the leadership team rather than executive team. We're not an executive team just yet. We'll, we'll go with leadership team. We don't all wear suits. Um, is, is that. So having the ability to um, be very open and very honest when people aren't either performing, so accountable. Um, when people step out of line, like I do a lot of the time, I'm very opinionated. And sometimes I overstep. Most of the time I overstep. And I've got our head of HR looking at me right now. <laughs> um, but even that, it, it doesn't really matter. So what level, what level you're at, if, if you're not comfortable with how things are going or how the process, processes are or how you're being spoken to, then um, it's within your right to, to go and speak to that person directly. 
um, call them out and tell them you're not very happy. And I think that really helped drive the business forward. So when you have that kind of safe zone within a company um, that allows you to freely speak your mind, I think it can really drive uh, the business forward. And I think it really drives innovation as well because everyone's just very open with their opinions, very open with their ideas. Um, and I think one of the things that Mark really drives is the idea of grassroots innovation. So the innovation doesn't really come from the, from the leadership team. Um, sometimes we get too far away from the on the ground action. Um, so we rely on people that are really dealing with our clients and customers on the, um, on the, on the front to give that information back to us so we can make better decisions. So I think transparency has been really important for the business. And we're not perfect, um, but that's what we're really driving towards. Something that I always discuss in, in, in my conversations with, with CEOs and of course working also with their leadership teams mm. is how difficult for themselves it is to go from a doer to a direction setter to much more uh, strategic role in the company, structuring the system, working on the vision, working on the strategy. And, and sometimes when we figure this out, we figure out that, oh, shit, we need to do the same with the team because yeah. <laughs> some of them have never been uh, ads or uh, directors, VPs, uh, C-level. And this yeah. transition, they were also, and I imagine in your case, you were also selling yourself most of the time and now you need to yeah. lead a team. And, and, and the, the skills that you need and the mindset that you need uh, will make you very uncomfortable because... Oh. selling instead of thinking about how do I structure the team? How do I give guidance to the team? How difficult is this shift in order to grow the company, right? Um, from a sales perspective? Yeah. It, so from a personal experience, I find it very hard. Um, I did find it very difficult because I'm a salesperson. I love selling. I love engaging with people. I love taking a buyer through a journey, um, onboarding them onto Superhands, really helping them scale their business. I think taking a step away from being a doer, a more of a strategic thinker with the CEO and the leadership team is very challenging because it's two different mindsets. You go from being very selfish in terms of managing your own pipeline to driving business, to following your numbers, to then helping others follow their numbers and helping them go after the clients. So it's, it, is a, it is a bit of a challenge. So for, for myself, um, I was involved or have been involved in um, mentorship for quite a few years. So about a year after joining Superhands, I was in, involved in sort of the... I would say entry level kind of kind of mentorship. Um, one of the reasons being is going from that shift from financial services B 2 C to technology B 2 B. I could help sort of tell people about the the journey I'd been through with regards to that. So I help guide other people that might be stuck or might be going through a shift in, in careers themselves at that early stage. So I think from from that point of view, that sort of helped me take more level myself up in terms of the skill set that's required. So going more on a, an advisory role and more thinking about how you can help people along a certain path rather than actually doing it yourself. So I was kind of, I was kind of lucky enough um, to, to do that. And I've got, a, I've got a great team. I've got a great sales team that are basically fully accountable and they just go out and hunt for new business and then they can sort of take care of themselves. Um, the, so the, the kick is coming in the room uh, after this. <laughs> so you, you are working really well. <laughs> so, I am, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky in that respect. So I think um, training people early on to take responsibility, to give them, the, um, give them the chance as well to train and teach other people along the way, it becomes less of a harsh transition to sort of when, it, when you're a newbie coming in to, to go through that. And they can slowly sort of transition um, some people away from the direct selling kind of role into more of a, a team lead kind of role. So recently I promoted one of my guys to a BD team lead. Um, and some of the responsibilities he's got is more on the 
um, sales training, sales teaching, uh, onboarding, so he can fill his own knowledge gaps. He can improve the way he sells and improves the other things in terms of negotiation. So then he can take that directly into the field. So I think that's the best way to kind of learn new sales skills and improve those sales skills to teach other people. So whilst he's, he can slowly make that transition later on down the right line to a more directorship kind of role. So you kind of prepare people for that along the way. Got it. It's a very good point and pro tip or, uh, for our listeners, it's kind of uh, find out a mentee or a coachy so you can pass your knowledge, what you've been learning to another person. It will also solidify your learning points and assure that you don't get back to the old behaviors. And second, also find out a coach and a mentor, which is uh, one or two steps uh, ahead on your journey. It's possible doing what you are doing in a company that is one stage ahead to, to mm. coach and, and mentor you. I think this is very, very helpful for any member. And if we look to the best players, to the best athletes in the world, they have the best coaches and the best mentors and the best team ever. So it's, it's usually the opposite. The best have the best working uh, with them. <laughs> so, so that's it. I think I can't remember what book I read and they were talking about... Uh, Michael Jordan, and they were talking about, look, he, he had a coach at the end of the day, right? So the coach wasn't the best player in the world, but he helped uh, these other people become the best at what they were the best at. Um, so it's helping people along the way and you know, helping other people be successful. Absolutely. So it's going, going from the highs and lows of being frontline sales to the highs and lows of working with your team to help them close, close the large deals. So let's get to, well, let's, let's evolve to the habit number two, which is everyone is aligned with the number one thing that needs to be accomplished this quarter to move the, the company forward. Uh, this is another very difficult uh, one, and uh, usually it improves over time. But when we are almost getting uh, past uh, the product market fit, or even in a certain stage where we are in early scale, and we find mm. out that maybe the segments that we are serving, the size of the market will not be enough to go from, let's say, three to 10 million, or from 10 to 25 million. And we yeah. need to kind of change a little bit the strategy. And something that was working very well in terms of sales strategy, uh, it starts derailing. Derailing yeah. in the current segments and in the new segments, imagine you need to kind of start up again and have this mindset, even scaling up inside within the scaling up journey, start up new segments, start up new products, start up new approaches, start up new markets. And mm. this can be uh, very challenging when we yeah. found, oh, actually I thought that we were on the right way and it seems that we are now experimenting again. And yeah. And now it's not this geo, it's another geo because this geo is not, is not responding to, to our strategy. And this can kind of have a, 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 a panic attack uh, uh, across the, the sales team. So how, how do you kind of resist uh, to, to these panic attacks when your CEO comes to you and say, actually, Greg, what you've been doing, we will just kill this segment and we'll go to another, uh, to another segment or we'll just kill this geography because we are not getting any results and let's evolve to, to the next one. And you say, eh, but we have been invested the last 12 or 18 months on this. So it, it's really the right time to move or we have just been there four weeks. Should we mm. already change the direction? So I'm also very lucky I hope Mark's not watching this because I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I'm kind of very lucky to have Mark as a CEO. So what, what you described then in terms of Mark coming over and saying, you know, 
this isn't working, let's change it up, we need to go in a different direction. It's the other way around. So Mark trusted me to work with the sales team to understand what's happening on the ground. I go back to Mark and say, this is working, this isn't working, and this is what we're going to do. And then Mark is like, okay. So it's, it's, it's that kind of relationship. Yeah, Mark has the, the role of CEO, but essentially how he views it is more of a, as you would say, a, a shit shield. So he's the protector of the business and he has the team around him to help him grow the business. So he will listen to everybody in terms of what's best for the business right now. So we have to come up with ideas and he'll, he'll listen to the people that are in it. So we've got HR, what's the best for HR? He can't direct people and say, you need to do it this way because he hasn't got the, the bandwidth and the capacity to know what's the best way to grow a business across every single department. So that's why, I mean, one of our core values, so we have these um, superhero characters. I, mean, I think you, you may have seen them, right? On, the, yeah. on, our, on our business right. cards. And you know, one of them, one of our characters is, uh, is Wallace. And Wallace represents um, constant learning and knowledge. So it's our responsibility to constantly evolve and constantly learn and bring new ideas. And that's the only real way we're going to sort of grow the business. So it is a, it's a stress, um, but I think it's a good stress in terms of we feel that we're in control of where the business is going to go. So it's up to, in fact, I had my, so I have a sales meeting every, um, every Friday morning and we talk about what's going well, what's not going well, what we're finding, what we're hearing on the ground, um, what our clients are coming back and saying to us. And then we can then go back and say, okay, do we need to re-strategize about the kind of market we're going after? Or do we need to think about the business model that we're actually running? Do we need to have a, an extra department inside? What, what does that mean? And then because of the accountability and responsibility that Mark gives us, if we feel that we need to do something different in the business, we'll go back and say, we need to do this. And this is, what's, this is what it means for the business. This is what it means for everyone here. This is what it means for our super agents, all our workers. And then we direct the business. So it's a, it's a challenge. Um, but because we have that, that element of control, it's, it's quite exciting because we can do something about it. So for, again, summarizing and trying to convert this in, into a tip for our listeners. So mm. first of all, if, if you are a CEO, just find out the right head of sales for the stage of growth and get out mm. of his way uh, or her way. Second, if you are head of sales, joining a CEO and the leadership team, uh, assure that you also stand up and that you have the right leaders around you. So you yeah. can be successful and you can make your company and your BI uh, successful. So don't waste your time in, yeah. in the wrong spots and just move on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In, in, in summary, yeah, I think I, I was very lucky to have a meeting with the ex-managing ex director of IBM for, for Asia Pacific. And like you said, like when, when you grow in a business and let's be honest, I mean, this is a new space and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just learning as much as I can from leaders around, around me and all the people around me on the ground and trying to make the best decision based on the information I can get. Um, and I was talking to this, this chap and he said, you just got to, you, you put your flag in the ground, you put your stake in the ground and you go in that direction with conviction. So, and then, and then you move in that direction and, you, and the team will come with you. And if it doesn't work out, you shift, you shift. So by making these decisions, these hard decisions, you don't need to worry about the opportunity cost because it's like, okay, we can pivot, we can move. And then the team says, okay, well, this isn't working. They can move with you. As long as you make that decision, you stand up and say, this is what we're going to do. Then the team will follow. Very, very, very good points. And let's go to habit number three. And I know that you guys kind of apply all those, all of those habits and you are obsessed also uh, about the, this tool and this framework that help you to increase the odds of being successful. Uh, yep. As you know, we have been repeating the, those odds 
very often, I will repeat it once again, only 4% of all companies get to 1 million US dollars in revenue, 0.4% to 10 million, and under 0.04% to 100 million. So these are the odds of building a 100 million uh, company. Um, Thanks for that, Mike. Thank, thank, thanks. My heart rate has just accelerated to 150. <laughs> I appreciate that. So this, this guys, are the, it's good to, to be interviewing superheads and these head of sales because they are really the superheroes uh, and, <laughs> and they are really uh, the, it's, it's really the Champions League or the Olympics uh, of business. Uh, and that's why I, I have so much passion and, and, and so much fun working. Very kind. You, I also sometimes feel the same fear and, and, the, and the same stress that uh, our clients face because at the end of the day, their success is our success and their failures are our failures. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I love it. Sometimes I hate it. But uh, yeah, the, most, the majority of the time, uh, <laughs> I love it. When you hate it, you keep doing it though, right? It, it, it doesn't make Correct. it <laughs> Correct. Especially when we are having these conversations about how we will triple the business next year when we have just tripled it or it's or how do we double the 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 business in the next uh, 36 months double every year in the next uh, 36 months i i mark mark came over to me the other day how are we going to 10x the business in the next 12 months i was like okay, what? Even, even better <laughs> <laughs> yeah for mark i'm like uh yes so he yeah he's got some grand ideas put it that way got it so and let's go to the, to, to the habit number three, which yeah. is uh, all about the meeting rhythms. So you can have the best team in place, habit number one. You can have a very clear milestone, a very clear campus that you want to achieve before you come to the Everest, the big area audacious goal. So a very big thing and not trying to do too much, um, something that we didn't discuss too much in the habit number two, but this is very, very important. Don't yeah. try to open five Gs, launch free products, and you know, launch three new functions, three yep. new business units, three new squads, all at the same time, because you will just implode uh, your yourself, your team, your and your BI. So try to do one thing at a time and be very strategic. What is the most important thing to move yep. the company forward to yep. the next um, stage? And number three, it's about all the meeting rhythms that we have in place to really as Greg was saying, look to the data, meet the team, uh, talk with the ones who know more about the specific areas, have constructive debates, and actually make decisions and make things happen. And those are the dailies, the weeklies, the monthlies, the quarterlies, the all ends, uh, and all those, those uh, rhythms that help the company to, to move forward. So what kind of rhythms do you have at, at Superhands uh, nowadays, Greg? Uh, yeah, so I think... Um, recently, we joined a leaders meeting. We just kind of restructured how we do some of the all hands meetings. We actually call it town hall. Um, so ahead. generally what it was, it was actually once a week. Um, so we decided what we were going to do, we were going to shorten that. So we we're going to have what we call drumbeat, which is our just normal metrics updates. Um, that'll be actually once a month for 30 minutes across all departments, very punchy, very short key numbers that people need to know about. Um, cause we found that when previously we used to do this thing once a week and it would go for about an hour, hour and a half. And sometimes there'll be more information from one department and less information from another department. Um, so to, to keep it concise, um, drumbeat will be, uh, once a month. And then our town hall will also be once a month, which will go on for an hour and a half, probably two hours. So, I mean, with, with regards to that meeting, um, 
Juin, our, our head of marketing, was thinking about, okay, well, how can we make it relevant for everybody? Um, especially with new, new people coming on board, the team growing so fast, what, what would make sense? Or um, how can we engage with everybody in the business? So the idea behind Town Hall is rather than just having metric updates or just general updates across the department, there'll be a specific theme for that Town Hall. Um, um, within that theme, it will be, for example, a story of a really important client who just had come on board and how each individual department impacted that client coming on board, that entire client journey, the user experience, what actually happened. So then it's a collaborative and engaging kind of town hall because then you see, okay, well, we are a living, breathing organism as a, as a company. And when we have clients coming on board, how does it, what are the touch points? How does it all work? And then each individual department during town hall will then present their part of the story, their part of, of the journey of, of this client. So they're sort of the, the, the key updates we've had. Um, generally, what we've done in sales, we had our um, daily huddle, which was running every day, um, 12 p.m., just before lunch, to give an update of what we're going to do. Um, and we were doing that, and because of the number of meetings everyone has and being out on the road and the weird calls we have at 4 a.m. with companies in the U.S. or Canada or, or, the, or the U.K., is what, I mean, what I personally find is it kind of breaks the flow that you might get into during an afternoon. So you might be just getting really involved in something and all of a sudden you've got to pull yourself away and get involved in this huddle. So what we decided to do um, is test something else, which would be a daily check-in. So we use Slack to communicate across all departments. So on the sales Slack channel, everybody will update with their sort of five key objectives that they want to hit for that day. And then we can cross them off throughout the day. And then from there, we can see where people might need help or where we might have ideas. So rather than pulling people out of... Um, what they're doing during the day, we can just sort of keep get, get an update there. Um, people know I'm approachable either on WhatsApp or over at the desk, so they can come and ask me for advice or, or guidance. So that's sort of what we've done in sales. Um, aside from that, we do have our leaders meeting every Tuesday morning, and that runs from 9.30 through to 11. And that's where everyone gets aligned, sort of key, key sort of major updates. Um, good news is always a, a good starter for, for the meeting as well. Because as you know, it's a, it's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure for everybody. So you might be having a bit of a, a down day and then you hear some good news about some really cool key highs that we have coming on board or, you know, new clients that come on board or, you know, we have, might have the, the NPS score coming back from, from one of our clients and it's like, you know, this is what they said about us. And it's like, wow, yeah, we're really making an impact here. Um, and then from that leaders meeting, we also have the ENPS score, which is done um, every quarter, I think, every quarter, every month, help me out, ENPS. Every month, sorry, every month, just needs to double check. Awesome. Um, so then we can call to, sort of get a gauge on where we were last month, where we are this month, and sort of the key things that we, we'll need to do. And I think that's a really good source for feedback as well. So they can fill it out anonymously if they feel they might be very sensitive or they can fill it out with their name and then we can actually talk about it quite openly. So I think that's sort of the, the key updates that we have. The, the tech team, I know, have their daily huddles as well. Um, so I know they, they move incredibly fast with a lot of the features and product pushes they have. It's these guys are unbelievable. So I think their, their alignment is super important because it's very short sprints, very quick. Um, whereas with the B2B sales, it's a bit more, more long-winded, sort of three to six months. And then with the weekly meeting we have on a Friday, everyone can keep aligned and updated on new sort of key skills that's, that it, that's important to, to have. I think um, aside from that, we, we kind of keep it fairly flexible for, for the rest of the meetings, but they're the sort of the, the main and they're sort of the key ones. So I think at least every department meets weekly and a lot of the a lot of departments have their um, their daily their daily huddles as well for about 15, 20 minutes. Amazing. Yeah, that's 
that's the way to kind of move the company forward to have a lot of touch points uh, mm. check-ins and those check-ins and usually that's where uh, a, a lot of leaders make it in, in in the wrong way and make it very stressful are an opportunity to help each other not an opportunity to control each other to blame yeah. each other and that's that's a very different mindset so it's i'm yeah. here because i need help or i'm here because i want to help because i'm yeah. actually this week it's it's going very well for me uh, maybe next week it's the opposite and i need someone who gets from uh, with more perspective from what is happening to me and say look did you see this or uh, maybe in this direction or uh, you know I, i've been facing i've been facing the same or uh, living the same in in the past week and uh, it helped me to do this this and this not sure for sure so i think um there's, there's one thing that i forgot to touch on as well the the importance of one to ones so we do run one to ones in um in a department and so for for sales we i run sort of two different tracks one of them is a results driven one to one where we're going to sit down 15 minutes go through the pipeline and say this is what i'm doing this is what i'm working on this is what's coming in and this is what's dropped off and that's all we're going to talk about we're going to talk about numbers and that's the kind of hat that we're wearing you'll come prepared this is what we're going to talk about um, then every two weeks we have a, a one-to-one, which is, are you okay? I think one of the things um, that I've learned being in sales is this kind of, like, as you mentioned, the, the emotional roller coaster that you have to go through when you're when Mark's running the business, um, especially when it comes to sales. That emotional roller coaster can be condensed down into a morning, for example. You know, you wake up to a, you wake up to an introduction to a really high-profile client. And then 10 minutes later, you get another email coming through saying uh, clients pulling out. And then 20 minutes later, you're on the phone to somebody who's really not really happy with you and they're giving you hell. And then you have to hang up the phone. Then half an hour later, um, Mark will come along and say, look, we've had this really great referral and we're going to do this great partnership and you back up. And I think one of the things that I, I sort of failed at back in the day was recognizing that, I mean, I, I, I was you know, cold calling for six and a half years working in financial services. I'm used to going through these ups and downs, but other people aren't so familiar with the kind of a emotional thick skin you, you need to have when you're going through this stuff. So I think the, the one-to-ones on a frequent basis, just to have an open sort of forum where you can discuss anything. It could be career, personal finance, work, it could be absolutely anything. And it's entirely up to the, um, up to your, your colleague. If they want, if it, if it goes ahead, if they feel they just want to get stuck in work, um, then it's not like a compulsory thing. Um, but on the, on the other side, they can sit down and they know that they've got this time, this space to talk and be heard and then implement maybe some new ideas and just tell people how, how you're actually feeling, how you're actually getting on. So the, the big things that you're up against right now. And I think if there's one piece of advice um, that you can take away from this is have one-to-ones, have one-to-ones, not, not talking about the results. You know, are you, this is why you're failing. With it. You know, I think one of the, I'm, I'm, I hold it very close to my heart in terms of when you're working with clients and customers, when you're working with colleagues and friends and family, they're human beings. They, they're just human beings. So talk to them like they're human beings. Like when, you, when we're on a, on a call to a, um, we're on a call to a client or a customer, it's not trying to close the sale. It's just really trying to understand what keeps them up at night and why they're actually having that conversation with you and why they should engage with super hands to help solve the problem that they, that they want to solve. And it's the same with these one-to-ones. It's not just an employee. It's not just a headcount. You never know what they're going through, right? And you, you need to sort of really understand the kind of people that you're working with. I think it's, that's super important. And that comes with time as well. Like, they're, they're sometimes not really easy conversations to have because you're like, you know, shit, what, what, if, what happens if your family members die? What am I supposed to say? 
nothing. Just listen. Just listen. So I think from this one-to-ones, vital, super important to grow a business. Have that transparency. Have that forum for people to actually engage with you. It's, it's so important. It's so, so important. Very, very good point. I, I, would, I, I need to record this on my workshops and my offsite <laughs> when, when people are kind of saying, oh, do you really think that I need to have the one-on-one every week? So they know that they can just come to me and ask a one-on-one on the event. So I think that I will, re- I will just <laughs> play this segment of, of the podcast yes. and have this passion convincing them for me. <laughs> much, more, much more useful. I think that's a very good technique. Uh, one of the tools that you have in, in, in attached to the Rockefeller habits is the one-page personal plan. Mm. And this is really just what Greg has described it so well. It's really, really important. The way you connect, you give clarity about the business, clarity about the mission, the purpose, why we are doing what we are doing, what, are, what is our big dream, why these short-term issues that we are facing are really something that must go through because the long-term is so amazing and, there, and why yeah. this matters not only for the business, but for yourself, for yourself. If anybody's working for ourselves, you you know you know the you know the, the pleasure and the, and 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 the, and the fulfillment that it will get uh, to work for ourselves and for the business at the same time. And I think that's that's the clue of a great leader. It's a leader that can tell you the story, and say why it matters for you and for the business. Well, well done, Greg. It was one of the most amazing moments of the show, and, and the best way to close it because we will ask the our traditional question, uh, which is: if you would have the opportunity to meet Greg uh, four years ago when we were uh, starting with Mark and we were joining Superheads, so what would you tell yourself? Ironically, get a mentor. I didn't have I didn't have a mentor at the time, um, and I have a bunch of mentors now that I sort of go to for advice. But get a mentor, not just for um, not just for somebody to get advice and guidance from. So one of the things that I found, especially being in sales, um, it's you got to have a lot of energy, and you've got to learn when to go through the you know the hard times. And a mentor's job, and how I view my job is when you know when I'm when I'm actually a mentor and I have mentees is purely and simply just to kick your ass all the time, all the time, because you don't feel like doing it, and that's the time that you you can really break through and make a difference and actually grow as a person. Is the time when you really don't want to do something, but you know you're going to be uncomfortable, but you know you're going to grow, and it's so easy to say you no. Know, like even honestly, even doing this live, I've never done a live kind of live podcast before. So even when I'm preparing for this, all I'm thinking in my head is, oh, you know, is there a way I can get out of this? Maybe I can make myself sick. You know, it's just all these, you have these little triggers and it's just having, just knowing that you just got to kick your own ass. And that's basically how I view my guys as well. It's like just having somebody to understand you, know your goals, know what you want to do in your career, and then you're just going to kick your ass and just get it done. I think, I think that's super important. What's an amazing show. Thank you so much for Greg for, for making it happen. Thanks so much, Frank. Really appreciate it. So, and thank you also for our listeners for tuning in. Uh, it was an amazing show. Hope you, have, hope you had so much fun uh, as I had. So you can watch the recording on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. And 
feel free to uh, connect with Greg on LinkedIn. And if Please you do. Super hands or of the superheroes, I think that he would be more than uh, happy to guide you through the process and, and let sure. you know how to help. So we will get back uh, very soon to keep interviewing the best tech leaders in the world so you can have the best resources to scale up your business. So see you next time. Thanks for joining. Thanks, guys.